So glad to have you, whether you're on your way to the beach on this nice warm uh, weekend or you're, you're just a regular here or uh, wherever you are in your walk today, I'm so thankful that you're here with us, right? Uh, uh, super excited about what God has placed on my heart today. And if you're new, just like my lovely bride uh, just shared with you, if you're new with us, if you would fill out one of those connection cards, if you got, you got one of those in your seat there, those blue connection cards, uh, fill out that information. We'd love to send you some more information about our church. A couple of weeks, we've got our guest lunch coming up where you can be a part of that, too, if you're new with our church, want to take the next step, know more about Salt Church. We would love to have you as a part of that. Um, but uh, I'm excited about the summer season. Um, uh, continue to uh, pray for us as we look for our next stop as far as a location. Um, and uh, that, that's something that we kind of been putting up front now here, here in our leadership. We're just we're really looking for something to call home. And, uh, and though the, the theater has been great to us and everything, we realize that God has uh, more about positioning us in, a, in an area where we can reach more people and do more things and, and have some more flexibility. That's great. As you know, some of you online probably experiencing some technical difficulties. I just want to let you know I apologize for that. Every week we try to work that out. We are in borrowed facilities, so sometimes those, those uh, Wi-Fi issues and things, get, we have hiccups there. But we're, we're doing everything we can to make it pleasant for you. So, you know, let us know that you're here. Um, if you're new with us, fill out one of those online connection cards at saltchurch.org slash card, and uh, we will connect with you right away. Also, guys, I do Tuesday night prayer every week online um so you can tune in to facebook live online at salt church and you can send in your prayer request ahead of time and we'll pray for those uh as a group you can come on as well and post your prayer request while we're there so that that's at nine o'clock for about uh 30 minutes every tuesday night uh why not give 30 minutes uh time with us together you know i lift up the lord and ask him petition him for for great things and uh we've had answered prayers and and healings and all kinds of stuff happened through our prayer prayer time. I've gotten great reports back about things we've been praying for, and we believe in the power of prayer, amen? amen. So join us for that. I want to see some more people. I want to see some of you who haven't been on with us on Tuesday nights. Uh, come on there. Uh, the more, the better. And uh, uh, we're, obviously, we're two or three are gathering in his name, but it really helps to have about 20 or 30 or 40, you know, <laughs> uh, powerhouses praying together, amen? All right, so we are in a series called Doubting God, um, and uh, we've, I've been kind of walking through some things about why people doubt God. Why do people have, a, have second thoughts about God? Uh, why, uh, in the first series, well, I've, I've kind of dealt with a few of these series. I do things in series. I, I talk through things in series because there's so much information. I have to do it that way, Right. Um, but in, in, uh, we, we talked in the past about why people walk away from the church. Uh, last week, we talked about overcoming church hurt. And uh, basically, we have three types of people that are in the church. If you've been hurt by Christians, uh, I'm so sorry for you. And kind of laid out those things. Sometimes we just have Christians who aren't Christians, okay? Let's just say it like it is. Some of you attend church and you're not a Christian, right? Uh, some of us are, are not Christians, and there's others of us that are babes in Christ, and we're still learning. You know, we're just learning. And then there's those of us uh, that are in the last category, and that's where I, I sit, in that we're Christians that are just trying to grow in Christ. And we make mistakes at times, and we say things we don't mean, and, and maybe you've been hurt. So we talked about that last week. 
But this week I want to talk about, uh, dig a little deeper and talk about Jesus. Is he really the only way? Is Jesus really the only way? And the reason I bring this up is a shocking study came out uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, Ed Stetzer posted it, and I went to the original uh, stats. Varner Research is backing it up as well, if you know anything about uh, research groups. And it said this, American Christian University study said that 12% of youth and children pastors hold a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview. Only 12%. Uh, meaning that the other may have a mixed worldview, a mixed set of beliefs about God and the Bible. And this next part really got me, and these are Christian leaders in the church. 37% of pastors in general across the world, whether they're 60 or whether they're 18, 37% of pastors actually hold a biblical worldview in America. So why do people doubt God? Our, our, our leaders don't even believe it. <laughs> we live in an age, uh, a lot of people are calling it the post-Christian age. Uh, people have fallen from the church or drifted from the church. The pandemic didn't really help a lot. Uh, people are still kind of recovering from that. Um, but one reason people doubt God in Christianity isn't because of the way Jesus lived. It isn't because... He loved, they loved the way Jesus loved, but rather what he claimed to be. What he claimed to be, that's, that's the controversial piece. That's the piece that builds tension. Now, you can talk about God and spirituality and it's all cool, right? I'm spiritual, you know. Oh God, you know, you have, you have actors at Oscars and musicians at Grammys and, and sports athletes that are very popular in our culture They could say, I give God the credit, and we're cool with that, right? But mention the name of Jesus, that's where the tension comes in. Bring up the name of Jesus, and things get kind of tense. Uh, And and most everyone likes Jesus. And when you look at Jesus' life, it's not hard to like Jesus, right? I mean, he loved people. Regardless of who they were, he, could, he was considerate of people. He cared about humanity. He spent time with sinners. And, and he humbled the oppressive religious leaders of that day when they were being hypocrites and oppressing other people that weren't like them. He was creative. He was witty. He used uh, cultural terms to be able to communicate truth. His teachings were just incredible, right? Uh, he defended the widows. He, he restocked wine bins when, when uh, they were out. And some people probably like, wow, yeah, that's a cool savior, right? He multiplied a boy's lunchbox to feed thousands of people. People like how Jesus lived and loved, but they don't like who he claims to be. Why? He was ridiculously humble. He washed the feet. He did this nasty thing of washing people's feet. It's the most humble thing you can possibly do. But at the same time, he was anything but modest about who he claimed he was. Lazarus, when he passed away, when he died, he didn't say, oh, well, that's, that's life, you know. 
um, uh, we'll see him in heaven. No, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection. When he, when he healed on the Sabbath and the Pharisees were, were after him for healing on the Sabbath, what did he say? I am the Lord of the Sabbath. That was provocative in that day. When he healed the paralyzed man, he told the religious leaders, I have the power to forgive sin. He told the disciples, he said, or the people that were asking to follow him, he said, unless you love me more than your mother and your father, you cannot be my disciples and there's no place for you to be with me in the kingdom of heaven. When the Pharisees put him on trial and asked him, are you the Christ? He says, I am and I will come on the clouds of judgment to judge the world. These are things, these are claims, these astounding statements. People don't have a problem with Jesus' life and the way he loved people, but they have a problem with who he claims to be. Because he claimed that he and the Father were one. And he is the only way to God. Look in John 14. If you're following, you can, you can go on, 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 uh, on Bible.com, follow the events, and follow all of our notes there. Or you can just pop the screen up or, or write down your notes there. But in John 14, he's teaching the disciples. And he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And Thomas asked this question, where are you going and how do we get there, Jesus? And here's what Jesus said. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And then the second part is what people cannot get and do not want to get. No one comes to the Father except through me. People don't criticize how Jesus lived and loved or even how he taught. It was when he made these audacious claims about who he is. Jesus can't be the only way. Jesus is too exclusive. It's too narrow-minded. There's got to be other ways. And, 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 you know, from their perspective, you kind of understand a little bit, right? It seems unfair. Who's to say? Doesn't, it doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you're pursuing good, right? Uh, all paths lead to God. All religions are the same. And in that, in, in that context, that sounds good, right? It sounds reasonable. It sounds fair. It sounds caring. It sounds inclusive. Anybody can choose their way to God. That sounds right, but it's just not true because all religions aren't the same. All religions aren't the same. And I'm going to show you a little bit of that here, and I'm not going to do these religions justice possibly because there's a lot that we could share today about. But I'm going to give you a few of these religions and, and what they believe. And you can do a comparative analysis here for a second, okay? Let's take Buddhism, for instance. There's no God. There's no type of final place that you will arrive. You kind of, uh, there's countless rebirths, endless cycles. Uh, one can achieve nirvana, that state of, uh, that lacks suffering by letting go of all desires uh, through ethics, conduct, mental disciplines, wisdom, and all those things. And then you have Hinduism, who's very similar, but they do have a personal God, and they're approached, but they approach God through deities, through statues, through objects. They approach Him in that way. And for Buddha and Hinduism, uh, there's no forgiveness of sin. There's no supernatural involvement for help. 
and they just believe in karma. What goes around comes around. If I do good, and that sounds great, right? Well, I do good, it comes back around. And then you have Islam, which is the worship of Allah. They actually do believe in a personal God. There's no secondary gods. There's no idols. There's, there's no idol worship. There's, there is one God. But standing and being right with God comes through a dependence of, of religious devotion and, and, and good works and, and, and working your way through. And then you may achieve status in heaven and with God. And then we have the New Age, which the New Age belief is no, there is no personal God, that you're seeking a higher consciousness and becoming more like nature, more like the universe. You're aligning with the universe. You're aligning with the cosmos and everything. There's an energy and there's a vibe and everything kind of works. And we're all equal, the animals, the plants and everything. And we all have this connection somewhere there. And then there's Christianity. Christianity, there's a personal God who loves unconditionally and became man in the person of Jesus and sacrificed himself so that we could be forgiven of sin. So there's some truth in all religions, but they're not the same. There's beauty in most religions. They're sprinkled with some truth, but they're absolute. It's just not true to say that all religions are the same. So what I want to do today, and this message is, is, is for, for two, different, two different types of people. There are those of you who are believers and you just need some more understanding because maybe you're sitting in that category where your biblical worldview is kind of floating somewhere else. And then there's a, there are those of you who... who uh, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you fell away from the church and, and you're having a hard time understanding these claims that Christ made. So today I want you to consider Jesus. I want you to take an opportunity to actually consider Jesus. Don't consider the church because the church is flawed. Don't consider Christians, okay, those Christians that you've met because they can be sometimes narrow-minded. We might have the truth, and, and we, we think we have the truth and all that, but we, we're flawed, and we, we beat it over people's heads, and we misuse it, and we abuse it, and we can be judgmental. And, we, uh, and then you watch TV, and you see Christians with bad hair preaching from pulpits with white suits, and, and uh, they don't represent very well. Don't consider even me. Don't look at me because I'm flawed too. And I make mistakes and I will disappoint you. I will disappoint you. So would you consider Jesus today? Would you consider Jesus? So I want to give you three things to consider if you're sitting there. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Contrast it with the religious leaders of that day who wanted nothing to do with people who were not like them. The poor, the diseased, the mentally ill couldn't come to the synagogue, couldn't even come to the church meeting because of who they were. They were not allowed to be in the sight of holy religious people. But those who were despised those who were ignored by the religious leaders, those who were rejected by the religious leaders, 
Jesus accepted and Jesus brought in and Jesus loved. It says in Mark 2, 16, when the teachers of the law who were the Pharisees saw Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with sinners and tax collectors? Why does he sit with these people who he has no business? If he is a teacher of the law, if he's a, he's a teacher of the truth, why is he with these people? And they asked his disciples this. And on hearing this, Jesus said to him, it is not the healthy who needs a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous. I've come to call the sinners. I come for the sinners. See, Jesus performed all kinds of miracles in their sight. He opened the eyes of the blind. He healed deaf ears. He cast out demons. He walked on water. And He raised Himself from the dead and raised other people from the dead. Okay? They weren't critical of His miracles. They weren't after His miracles. They just wanted Him to stop making claims about Himself. They wanted Him to stop altogether So consider the ministry of Jesus because here's the deal. Someone right beside you might have been changed by that very ministry. Someone right beside you may be changed by that very ministry. Critics didn't question the validity of his miracles. They questioned his ministry. And, and, And as a result, you know, I'm a result of his ministry that I was a fake Christian. I was a hypocrite. Exact message I preached on last week before I come to to know Jesus. I would go to church. I knew the Bible. I was the preacher's kid. I'd show up. I'd party the night before, head into church, you know, act like I had it together. I was one of those guys. I was one of those guys. And and I, I I could manipulate people. Man, I could get a crowd going, you know. I, I could do things. I, I did things. I, I lied. I, I politicked. I pretended to be one thing and not another. But one night, I came to the end of myself, and I didn't like myself, and I didn't like where I was heading. I didn't like where I was going. I, I, I was aiming for all the things of this world, but I didn't like what I was seeing in myself, and I fell down on my knees and cried out to God. And I said, God... Jesus, and I began to look at the the message and the ministry of Jesus. I began to read the message and ministry of Jesus, and and something new came into my heart and my life, and I cried out. When I knelt down and I cried out to Jesus, and I asked Him to take my life, to surrender, just take it all, Lord, I kneeled down one person, and I came up a whole different person. And it wasn't a better version of me. I was a whole new creation in Jesus Christ. He made me new in Him. I was a different person. I am a different person today because of the ministry of Jesus. So I ask you to consider the ministry of Jesus. I ask you online, if you're out there, consider the ministry of Jesus. Consider His ministry. Also consider His resurrection. Consider the resurrection of Jesus. Consider His resurrection. Because God loves people, but He hates sin. He hated sin. And He became one of us. 
He, he became sin on our behalf. He put down His divinity. He, he, Jesus put down His divinity and came to earth to be one of us. And He became sin on the cross. And He only could do that because He was the sinless one. And, and He asked the Father, even on the cross, to forgive those who were persecuting Him. To forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And as He laid down, as He breathed His last breath, as He laid his life down on that cross. He said, it is finished. It is finished. It is done. And guess what? The earth started to quake. And the satirian witness looked up at Jesus. And he said, surely this is the Son of God. This is the Son of God. And three days later, it wasn't over. The stone was rolled away. And he was raised from the dead. He raised himself from the dead. In fact, Peter said it like this. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this. We are witnesses of this. We saw this. We ate with him. We touched him. Thomas is like, I actually put my finger in his side. He was real. We saw him and he spoke to us and we believe and, the, and people will say, well, well, maybe the disciples took his body, you know. It's like the Jesus Seminar and all those groups that try to disprove the resurrection of Jesus. Like, oh yeah, first of all, they, they, they overpowered uh, trained Roman soldiers, number one, you know. Trained, skilled Roman soldiers. And then the Roman soldiers had their own testimony. That's another story. They weren't talking about that, right? And, and, and really, do you expect in, a ra- in, in any rational mind that 11 small-town, uneducated, average guys devised the greatest, elaborate, deceptive plan in history, in the history of the world, and pulled it off, and he pulled it off so well that 200 years, 2,000 years later, we're still pulling it off, right? It's so, they're that good. They had no personal motive. They lost everything. It was extreme personal loss. And at the same time, all were willing to give their lives. They, 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 they cheated the world into being a better place, right? Is that how we want to see it? All of them died a martyr's death, except for John, who was boiled alive in oil and exiled to an island. I think he would have preferred to be martyred and go to heaven at that point, right? No personal motive. Who who would have died for something fake? Who would have died for something they didn't really see, some scam that they pulled off? Consider the ministry of Jesus and consider His resurrection and then consider the message of Jesus. See, John said, you don't want to believe every spirit, okay? Test the spirits. He talks about testing the spirits because there's many false prophets that have come and try to teach you things that that aren't true. But he says this. He says, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is, is from God. That Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that God came in the flesh, that's how you know. Now, let me share some thoughts. Uh, I've got this from Tim Keller. He, he, he mentions this. In Scripture, it says Jesus has come. He has come. He, 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 wasn't, he didn't say he was born. Now, of course he was born. Some of you are probably like, well, yeah, he was born. He was born in the Virgin Mary. Obviously, he was born. But the Scripture doesn't say 
he was born, it says he came. Uh, what, what they're saying is he came. So that suggests that Jesus has always been. <laughs> he, there was no uh, beginning to Jesus, and, and there will be no ending to Jesus, that Jesus was there. We cannot say that about any other world leader. We cannot say that about any other religious leader. Every religious religion founder was a human being. They started their religion as a human being. But God and Christianity, that's what distinguishes Christianity from anything else, that God came in flesh. God actually came down and dwelt among us. Like John says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was with God. And he goes down a few few verses and it says, and the Word became what? Flesh. He became man. That means that God, the Word, who always existed, came down and dwelt among us. No other religion can claim that. It distinguishes us. That All religions aren't the same. Christianity stands out. And, and other religions seek to separate you from the world. We've got to work hard enough to get away from the world. I've got to reach some kind of... A conscious level where I'm, I, I, I can remove myself through certain stages. Eastern religions say that. And Western religions, in most cases, say, well, I've got to be a moral person. I've got to be a good person. Uh, I've got to work myself into a place where I can escape this world so that God will love me. But Christianity says this, God loved you before you even knew Him. That he came to us to do what he couldn't, we couldn't do otherwise. He came to us. And the salvation of God isn't just an escape from this world, guys. But Christ will redeem the world. Christ is coming to redeem the world. Death will be redeemed. Disease will be redeemed. Poverty, injustice... We might be living in a time and in an age where we see all these bad things happening and we question and we doubt God. But one day, the God of Christianity, the God that we serve, Yahweh, Jesus Christ Himself will come back. And here's what it says in Revelation 21, 4. It says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. No other religion can claim that. Only Jesus Christ can claim that. He doesn't just deliver us from the world He created, but He redeems us with the world with, uh, to reign with Him throughout eternity. Throughout eternity. So when you look around and, and, and at what you believe... Here's the truth. Everyone, wherever you stand, wherever your worldview sits, wherever wherever you're kind of swaying back and forth on, at some point everyone on this earth is going to die. And whether we come back as a butterfly or we come back as, you know, whatever we're before God or whatever you believe whatever you believe about the afterlife whatever you believe about eternity whatever you believe about religion whatever you believe everybody has to come back to this question what is the meaning of life 
What is the meaning of life? And many people would conclude, uh, we need to find truth. We need to find truth. You know, that, that's, we just got to find truth. And, and whether that truth's your truth or whether that truth's my truth, it doesn't have to be the same truth, but we, we got to find truth. And what is truth? If we, we conclude that, what is truth? Truth is a belief system, okay? So we put our faith and trust in a belief system, right? But a belief system doesn't hug you. A belief system doesn't, doesn't forgive you of your sin. A belief system can't encourage you. A, a belief system can't build you up. So your truth, my truth, is, is, that, is that what it is? Well, if it's not truth, maybe the meaning to life is, is, is love. Maybe that's it. If I find the perfect person, if I find the perfect mate, oh, the, the, the one that just, it, it just kind of, every song on the radio feels great, you know, and you get the, you know, the ibby-jibbies, and every time you're around them, like my wife does with me, you know, all the time. All the time. Whenever I walk into the room, she just, she gets all shaken up, you know. There's just the perfect person, you know, that's, that, that's everything to you. All my dreams will be fulfilled if I just find that one. But what you discover is when you find that one, they're not perfect like you aren't perfect, okay? And they may do some things that, that won't, you know, that'll disappoint you. They, they, might, they might lie to you or they might, you know, fail you in some way. They might be self-centered. They might, they're just going to let you down. People, they're, they're going to let you down. So what we do is when we get hurt by people and we don't experience love and then we look at truth and we try a, truth, a belief system and that kind of lets us down, what do we do? We, we become uh, disillusioned. We, we get critical and we get angry at everybody and we put nasty posts on, on social media about everybody and everything and we stay away from everybody and we say, I don't want anything to do with anybody else and this and that and we just become bitter, bitter people in life. That's what we become. So, if truth doesn't work and finding the perfect person in life doesn't work, would you consider Jesus for a minute? Would you consider... Because here's the thing about Jesus. Either he was a nutcase or he's God. He was either crazy or he was God, but he doesn't give us an in-between. He doesn't give us a, oh, maybe some Jesus here, but I won't. No, he says he's either, he's either crazy, he's either a nutcase, he's not just a good teacher, he's not any of those things, he's not just nice, cushy things that we can read in the Bible. He's not that because he doesn't give us that choice. So I ask a sincere question today. Would you consider Jesus Christ as the only way? When you look at the mission and the ministry and the message of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, would you consider him today? And, and I ask you, Jesus made these audacious claims about who he was. He said, he said I am the way and I am the life. the truth I am truth Jesus just isn't a set of belief systems guys it's a person a person that can love you 
a person that gave his life for you, a person who, 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 who was a sacrifice for our sin. And because truth is a person, Jesus is a truth that can love you. He can care for you. He's a tr- he, he is the answer. And I declare to you with everything that's in me today that Jesus is the name above all names. He is the name above everything. Above Buddha, above Hindu, above all things. He is the name above all things. So consider Jesus. How do you do that? Romans 3.22 We are made right with God by placing our faith in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. Not Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. And this is true for everyone, not just some people, for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Did it say Christ in good works? Did it say Christ in reincarnation? Did it say Christ in Buddha? Did it say Christ and, and maybe sprinkle a little bit of new age in there and this and that and blah, 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 and everybody finds a way? No, it says Christ and Christ alone. This is why people cannot take Jesus because Jesus made this audacious claim. He said, see, religion say it's about me and what I have to do. But what does Jesus say? He says, it's about me. It's about Jesus. It's about, he is the way. The other Christians say you need to obey God and maybe He'll love you if you obey Him enough. But you know what God says? I loved you first, so I gave my son so that, you, that I loved you that much. That yet, when you were yet sinners, I gave my son for you. Other religions say do, 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 work, do, work, climb the ladder, work. But Jesus says it is done. It is finished. It is done. The work is done. No matter who you are, no matter where you've gone, where uh, Jesus claimed exclusivity. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father. Nobody goes to God. Nobody goes to God but through me. And if I stop and I, I look at the evidence of that in my life, and I look at the evidence around me, I can have the faith to believe that Jesus is the only way. And, and, and they say that Jesus is, is exclusive and all this. I'd argue that he's the most inclusive thing. He's the most inclusive message that anybody could ever hear because he accepts the most broken he, he, the worst sinners can come to him no matter where they are. He's got grace for the weakest. He opens the door. And it's not about church attendance. It's not about going to a good Bible study. It's not about how much I pray or how much I read the Bible. It's not about all that. Right now, it's just about Jesus and Jesus alone. And it starts with him and him alone. And we can have faith in Jesus. And you can surrender your life to Jesus today. Jesus is the answer. He's exclusive, but He's inclusive because it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or where you've been. And anybody who raises themselves from the dead, I choose to believe, (laughs) and I think has the power to say that He is the only way. And one day, 
our Lord and Savior, our dear Lord and Savior, who loves us so much, will return. He will return. And we will judge the living and the dead. And those of us who are living in Christ, He's going to make things all right for us, okay? No more judgment because we're in Him, right? No more pain because we're in Him. No more tears because we're with Him. No more injustice. There's injustice in the world, Leon. There's just injustice. I don't understand. Well, God's... Hold on. Hold on. Take a deep breath because God's coming. He's going to make things right. He's given us that promise. And He's given that promise that you can have a relationship with Him. Not by works, but by grace of Him. Let's bow our heads. Father... Spirit of the Lord is in here today, God. Thank you, Spirit, for being with us today. Thank you, Spirit, for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for stirring this environment. People are being pulled in in, in many different directions right now by the power of your Spirit, Lord Jesus. Some people, they're ready to to make a a decision that, you know what, I'm not going to flirt with the world any longer. I call myself a Christian, and I've allowed other other gods to come into my life whether it's religion or things if that's you today let's just just make a declaration Lord you are the way you are the truth you are the life no one comes to the Father but through you and today I, I claim you and nothing else nothing else Lord nothing else for some people here today maybe you doubted God hurt by God, hurt by people, or you feel like you're hurt by God because people hurt you, because the world hurts you. But Jesus says He is life. He has a way. And that search for truth can be over at this moment because one encounter with the person of truth object of truth will change your life forever it will change your life forever so you can do this you can make that decision today right now by claiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior I believe Lord your audacious claims I believe that you are the only way that there's no other religion there's no other faith there's nothing else in this world I've tried it all Lord my own religion my own self nothing gets me to you, Lord. So I place my trust, I place my faith in you, Jesus Christ. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to you but uh, comes to you, but through you. Nobody comes to the Father but through you, Lord. So today I give my life and I, I bow down, I, I, I bow down my life as one person and I stand up as a new person. Today I give my life to you. I surrender it all to you. Change me and transform me. Make me a new creation. I want to live for you today. No more old new has come thank you for coming to my heart I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and I believe that you're coming again the judge of living and the dead and I'm with you Jesus now